0: Hello, this is Dustin, and today on Talking with No Bro, we're chatting with Susan Shepard. She's the owner and stylist at Fringe Salon and owner of La Mer's Restaurant. How are you doing today, Susan?
1: I'm doing pretty great. Just got off work. Yay!
0: <laughs> Fantastic. Hey, Susan, can you give us a little bit about your background and how you came to these positions?
1: Um, Well, first of all, uh, born and raised in Sedalia, pretty much lived here all of my life, went to Smith Cotton. Shortly after graduating, I decided to go to beauty school. I went to the American College of Hair Design, which is still located in Sedalia. I was working as a waitress for my grandfather at our family restaurant, which is La and. While I was waitressing, I was also going to school. So both jobs have been a part of my life, pretty much most all of my life as an adult. So I then quit the restaurant, was a commissioned stylist for about four and a half years. Then I went and became a um, booth renter and ventured out and worked for a company that I was able to kind of be in charge of myself, which was cool. And then um, after eight years of that, I decided to open up my own salon. That's how I became a salon owner. I still work behind the chair just as much as any of the stylists do. So it's not like I'm just the owner. So there are lots of responsibilities that come with both about three years ago um, my sister and I lost our dad, and that meant the family restaurant was now also going to be our responsibility, so that's how I became a restaurant owner. Having been around the business my whole life on the other side of it, I guess, I was never a part of the functioning uh, being a server or being a cashier is nothing like being the owner. And so it's come with its own set of challenges. Um, but that's kind of how I got those positions.
0: Very nice. Do you find that uh, your family owning and operating a restaurant also maybe encouraged you to have your own business?
1: Yeah, Um There came a point in my life before my dad had passed away, we were talking about things and he said he thought um, I should go ahead and venture out on my own. He told me that several times and finally I took the plunge in 2012 and I thought I knew a lot being around the restaurant and stuff, but like I had stated, it's nothing like being on the other side of it. It's not just like being an employee. There's so much more than that when you're the owner so
0: sure so recently with this that uh, we're all experiencing and going through uh you have two businesses that rely on the public you guys have been affected i'd say probably pretty heavily by that
1: yeah um our restaurant actually was one of the first in sedalia that finally we closed our dining before most other people had our dining area, that is, and went to strictly takeout or curbside. And that kind of hindered our business a little bit in the beginning. We really were seeing a lot of people come. They'd say, oh, well, if we can't eat, we're going to go somewhere else and eat. And so that kind of was hard in the beginning. Now that most restaurants have taken the dining room out of their business or not accepting people into the dining room to eat, it's kind of leveled out and I feel like our business has picked up a lot more. We don't do delivery mainly because um, we weren't able to have enough staff because we weren't able to keep, you know, a full staff with as little of business as we were having though at the salon, we were closed down fully for about six weeks. There's seven service providers that work there. I guess, stayed home with our families. And the good thing about it and the bad thing about it is we're all kind of finding ourselves in a different, we're, we're all having to come up with new ideas of things and how to do things differently. So it's like.
0: Sure, yeah, but this has made a lot of businesses um, through diversity and innovation kind of create some resilience so they can, like, like you said, uh, offering the curbside I mean, Mm -hmm. that's that's brand new to you guys. I mean, it's, well. go ahead.
1: And the thing is, is too, when we inherited the business, there was a lot of things that we had to make a lot of big changes. You know, when my grandfather had the restaurant, he used no plastic. So he was just a cash and check. And then we got our dad convinced to finally take credit cards. But then when we got there, you know, there was no POS system. So we had to really update a lot of things. And so there's been a lot of transitioning since we've taken things over and getting all of that squared away. So we weren't really set up to do a lot of call-ins. And so sometimes our phone lines are still not always up, you know, so we're still having to make changes all the time to that. We don't have online ordering yet, which because we just got a POS system and we're still learning all of that trying to figure out all that has been a challenge for us because before having the time off, I still work. I work every, you know, five days a week at another establishment. So it's kind of like being able to know it's sometimes hard to get things prioritized for more than one business. they run differently. You got different kinds of things. So it's been a challenge.
0: Yeah, definitely. Quite different. All right, I I saw on Facebook that you're beginning to reopen the salon. It looks like a a gentle, gradual reopening. Yeah. Can you talk about that?
1: Yeah. um, We had to wait for our health department to come up with some guidelines. And they struggled a little bit, I think, because our Missouri State Board of Cosmetology barber examiners had closed. Obviously, a lot of things were closed. And so a few other salon owners and I kind of got together and gave them some of what we had heard from other states doing. And we compiled things, and they were able to get us a list of things Um, and protocols and different ideas. Like we have a schedule for cleaning all surfaces, like our handles and the bathroom, different knobs and pins and the credit card terminals and different things like that. We've also made it to where if you have an appointment at the salon, which we're requiring appointments because we can't have our waiting room open, and therefore, um, without having that available, we try to make sure to, uh, we're only servicing one guest at a time that keeps traffic slow down. We're asking people that um, might sometimes normally bring a small child or might bring a friend to not do those things so that we can keep you know the numbers down. Once a guest comes, they call to check in. We let them know if it's okay to come in. If our count's down, we go ahead and tell them come in. They go ahead, they wash their hands or use hand sanitizer, whichever they prefer. We ask that they wear a mask. If they don't have a mask, we provide those. Very nice. Yeah. We don't charge for them. Um, We just, that's something I feel as if I'm going to ask you to do that, I feel like I should have that for you. We have to have all different types of cleaning solutions on site. We have to have barber side, clipper side, different things. And luckily with having the restaurant, I also have some other cleaning solutions that we use on different services and stuff like that to make sure everything's all clean. In between each guest, um, we have to sanitize our station and do all of that things and get it all squared away for the next guest. They've required our salons to have barberside wipes and stuff like that to do those types of services. That is one of the big sanitizing solutions that we use in our industry. There's a lot of services at this time we're not able to perform. We can't do certain things that have the mouth exposed. So we're not, our estheticians are not doing facials. We're not doing any type of lip waxing and those types of services. Our estheticians are still able to do services, clearly. We can still do lash lifts and and tints and brow shapings and stuff like that. But they recommended probably in the beginning to not do blow drying services, mainly for time effectiveness, since we're not able to service more people. I always just talk to my guests about that. We sometimes will do what's called a virtual consultation where I'll sit and kind of do like a face-to-face either, you know, Skype or Zoom or whatever. And we'll Assess the needs and those types of things. Sometimes, though, you know, with being thrown into a different situation, like we all have been, sometimes just going and getting your hair cut feels good. You know, it, it's mentally refreshing. And so if I have a guest that really just wants their hair blow dried, I'm going to blow dry their hair. Makes them feel good.
0: Sure. Yeah. I, especially after being cooped up for so long. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, to get a get a little weight lifted off for you, you know, physically and mentally.
1: And it's really hard for me to not blow dry someone's hair when that's my favorite part of the service. I like it when somebody blow dries my hair, so that's kind of one of those things.
0: Very nice. And so the the restaurant's still doing curbside. What what's it looking like for the restaurant to open back up?
1: Well, just like with the salon, um, before we were able to open, we had to go fill out a reopening application that basically states that we read all the information that we were given on different things that we have to do going forward and we're going to do a soft opening on may 18th and what that'll look like is they've asked us to keep our occupancy down to only 25 percent our maximum occupancy is at 99 so we're thinking about 25 guests we could have in in the establishment um we've altered our floor plan a little bit to space out tables. We did leave one big group setting because we are able to have a big group setting, no larger than ten. But if we you know if somebody wanted to have a birthday or something, they could come in and we have that table in a different area of the building. And so we've just spaced everything out. Um our tables will no longer have condiments on them. That is something that clearly people touch on a regular basis, and those would be hard to keep really clean considering they have paper goods in them like sugars and stuff like that. We've also toyed with the idea of not using real silverware in the beginning, different things like that. Everybody knows Lemaire's tartar sauce is in packets. People mention it and talk about it all the time. We're not gonna change that. Clearly they won't be on the table. St- it'll still be there. It'll still be offered just you have to ask for it. Before we had closed our dining, a lot of our staff had already been told to do extra cleaning, like the knobs on a regular basis on the bathrooms and different counters and surfaces and things like that. We got special cleaner for the tables and stuff like that to make sure that we're using the proper things to make sure all the germs are gone, dead, whatever.
0: Yeah, right on. <laughs> uh, so with the extra time at home, I heard your little one in the background there. So <laughs> uh, are you homeschooling or what, what are you doing around uh, the house your extra luckily,
1: luckily, my oldest is the only one I have at home in school and she's in 10th grade. So a lot of her friends will get together and on their phones and do homework and stuff like that. My youngest is only five, so thankfully I don't have to do kindergarten work at home. I don't know what I would do if I had to, but we're blessed. His daycare imagination station brings by a care package once a week with activities and things for him to do and learning pages, but um, I really love to cook, so I've been cooking at home a lot more. I teased around about being self diagnosed ADD because I like to start a lot of things and I don't finish them. So I've been able to finish a lot of projects that I have started in the past. Like I crocheted an Afghan, so I finished it up. Oliver and I have planted, oh, some cucumbers and tomatoes and flowers, and we play outside in the grass, which has been really nice because being a business owner, and being a stylist, I work when people are off. So that usually means nights and weekends. And so that's usually when he's at home and I don't always have as much time. So it's been nice to be at home and be mom and, you know, make lunch and hang out and take naps and do all that fun stuff.
0: Oh, yeah. Good time with the family that has its own value. Mm-hmm. So uh, just to recap, you said the restaurant's going to soft open on May 18th. Yes. Yeah, we're looking forward to that. If someone wanted to get a hold of you uh, to make a hair appointment or talk restaurant, what's what's the best way to contact you? I mean, you are, you're a woman that owns two businesses, so I can see a lot of people (laughs) getting some inspiration and young ladies (laughs) If you yes. want to talk
1: to you or. And um, well, uh, email is not good. I don't check my email unless I know something's coming. Um, I'm pretty active on my social media, either Facebook or Instagram, direct messaging, calling the shop. You can call the shop at any time. The number is 660 827 9890. Right now, I'm having someone answer the phones at the salon because we're busy, but. They'll always take a name and number and I'll contact you back. Or, like I said, I'm very active on my social media. So you can always shoot me a direct message at Susan Shepard on Instagram. I'm Susan. I think I'm Sue Shepard on Instagram. On Facebook, Susan Shepard. And then my salons on Instagram and Facebook. So is the restaurant, Le And then I put fringe salon company on my social media because a lot of people see the word fringe and not know what it means so i did put the word fringe on my social media with it or salon (laughs) i'm getting tongue tied now.
0: not a problem susan uh, i want to thank you for your time for you spent with us and uh we look forward to talking to you later
1: okay thank you so much thank you Mm -hmm.
0: Thank you for listening. You can stay up to date with Nobro Art events by following us on Facebook, Instagram or Twitter. Thanks again.